I think hope is something that we have to create. If you don't believe you're going to be able to do it, then you don't even bother. And it has so many practical strategies throughout each chapter to build and sequentially give you that confidence again. The second, you're not broken. You're not broken. In fact, you are so incredibly amazing, magnificent, beautiful, and powerful. You'll remember that by the time you're done reading the book. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. For a little over two years, I couldn't lose weight, and it wasn't for lack of burning myself to the ground to try to make it happen. See, I'd always prided myself on being disciplined and focused, so at that time, I was eating almost nothing, and I was working out harder than I'd ever had before. But still, no change, just the slow uptick of my weight on the scale. Now, initially, I thought I was struggling with chronic stress because the symptoms felt very familiar. Things like brain fog, fatigue, mood swings, irritability, and PMS. But after implementing my tried and true protocols, I still felt crappy and the weight, it did not come off. And here's the deal. I was stressed, but something else was going on too. I've looked back at pictures from three years ago and I remember seeing my face was so puffy and inflamed, yet I couldn't see it. All I could do was focus on my weight. Have you ever noticed when you've looked inflamed? That's exactly how I looked and felt, but I was in a deep denial. No matter how much I tried to address the weight head on, I just found myself back at square one over and over and over again. And I just wanted to get through my day without four plus cups of coffee. And what I ultimately learned from the experience is that weight is often a symptom of something bigger. It's often a byproduct of inflammation in the body. Getting to the root cause and rebalancing your body is that first step on your healing journey, not the weight. And that's why so many diets simply don't work. Weight loss has never been about calories in versus calories out. That approach doesn't work. Our chemistry is way too complicated for that. Because when you break it all down on a cellular metabolic level, and you can see that each little cell is making hundreds of metabolic decisions based on what it needs, and then you multiply that out by trillions of cells, then you get your body synergistically creating a metabolic rate. And that's not to mention all the hormones that are at play, cortisol, insulin, ghrelin, leptin, estrogen, thyroid hormones, I mean, the list goes on and on. And that makes it really interesting. Now I tackle this topic, the topic around hormones and food in great detail for episode 100, which I focus on why food is key to balancing your hormones, plus how to treat key nutrient deficiencies, because that's a whole nother conversation. If you don't have the building blocks to run your metabolism, how are you going to have a highly efficient metabolism in the first place? So given everything that we know, I believe that it's time to disrupt the diet industry. Now, my guest today completely understands that traditional diets and protocols simply do not work. And I have brought her on to disrupt the diet industry by providing sustainable weight loss solutions. Now, before I jump into this fun conversation with Jennifer, I want to take a moment and celebrate you. 
See, every single day, I get to hear from listeners who were invited by you, who are listening to this show right now. And one particular health rock star is Joss Chris, who I'm excited to shout out her win that she shared on iTunes in March. Here's what she had to say. Whether you're already deep in your journey of authentic health and wellness, or you're just getting started organizing your lifestyle with what matters most, this is a must-listen podcast for you. Dr. Marisa does an incredible job leading conversation that covers an entire range of mental, emotional, and spiritual and social challenges that we face in learning to cultivate an abundant and healthy life that we can be proud of from leaders who've actually walked the path. Highly recommend listening to these episodes. Sometimes I read these journeys and these wins and these testimonials, and I'm just speechless. So I just want to say thank you so much, Josh Chris, for hollering at me and leaving a little testimonial on iTunes. And if you're listening, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. You can just reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Marisa. I would love to get this book into your hands ASAP. Now, welcome to the show. If you're listening right now, I want you to know that this podcast is all about empowerment. And if any episode or any interview or any little tidbit has helped you in any way, I would be honored to shout you out. You can reach out to me via Instagram, where I love to play Facebook, or simply review this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you love to plug into. That way, together, we are supporting more women as they step into becoming the CEO of their health. Now let's dive into this incredible conversation with Jennifer, but first I want to quickly sing her praises. Diet disruptor Jennifer Powder coaches success women with imperfect lives who want to finally understand their relationship with food so they can break free of emotional eating and look and feel amazing. Using her revolutionary metabolic profile index assessment, Jennifer breaks down the science of the physiological transformation into simple super actionable steps so that healthy weight loss becomes a breeze. I don't know about you, but that sounds great. Let's bring Jennifer on. Hey, Jennifer, honey, welcome to the Essentially You podcast. How are you doing today, girl? I'm so excited to be here and to see you and to talk with you. And I know we've got an amazing conversation that's about to unfold. Oh my gosh. We are talking about diet disruption. And let's be honest, I was on cereal. Girl, I tried all the things for all the times. And I, I can relate to so many women who are just like, I don't know what to do anymore. It's definitely the one of the number one issues that my audience comes to me is just like, they're so frustrated around just getting stuck in this yo-yo diet, even when it doesn't maybe feel like a diet. And I love that we are disrupting diet today. Yes, it is. I live for this. I literally live for it. You know, I've had my own journey through this and to come out the other side and to be a decade, like literally a decade later, you know, um, and having supported women break the addiction to dieting. It's so, it's insidious. It's all around, right? Whatever bookstore you go to, whatever blog you read, it's all around strategies and tactics. And yet for so many women, if they've tried that and it's worked, but then the weight comes right back on, they're at a loss. You're, what do you do if you're not dieting? Hmm. Not even just at a loss, but just, oh, that feeling of failure, of shame, 
of disappointment, of helplessness, like all the things that wrap into one, it just perpetuates, as you mentioned, it's insidious. I know you have your own journey. Let's talk a little bit about your own journey, because I know that has been such an inspiration for you to do the work that you're doing today and helping the thousands of women that you've been able to help with actually creating a solution that's sustainable. Yeah, you know, and I, it's funny, I remember going through, so go back, you know, literally almost a decade ago, two little kids at home, building a business while they napped and when they slept at night. What I want to say is I had a master's degree in this, like I had my, like I had a lot of training behind me, I'd been a trainer, I'd Ironman athlete, multi-marathoner, and here I was in my early 30s, and I found myself overweight, like way overweight, 40 pounds ish overweight. And I like, couldn't believe it happened to me. It was like, no matter what I tried to do to lose the weight, it wasn't working and it felt crazy making it it really did. And for me, I lost a lot of confidence. I lost the way that I showed up um, for myself as a woman, but in my marriage, it took a really big toll. And I tried the things, right? I tried to eat less, move more. I tried to push harder, go further. And I took this postnatal body of mine and punished it and drove it into the ground and gained weight. <laughs> it was like rubbing salt in a wound. Oh, that is the, that is the worst, right? When you are trying real hard and it just backfires. Yeah. Yeah. And it, sh- and it just showed me knowledge is like knowledge is one, one small piece of it. Because listen, if I don't know about you, but I ask women all the time, well, what do you think you, you, know, you could do or you could change in your life that would help you lose weight? And then they rattle off all of these things. So we have a lot of knowledge. What I found over the last decade is we have a lot of just bad habits that get built up, especially when we have had so many past failures sort of accumulate around this specific issue that we self-sabotage. It's very easy. And Often, you know, we we don't understand, like we don't understand what the wine and the cheese and the density of these foods that we're eating as a treat or as a break or because we deserve them after a hard day, we, we underestimate the impact of them, just like I did. Hmm. It is, you know, my husband and this, I'm using a man as an example, but, um, my husband, I had met my husband. He was like, for the most part, I eat really well. It's just like these little things. And I'm like, yeah, but the little things add up. And I've seen those little things add up in myself where I'm doing 80% of it. Right. But that 20% I'm not and that 20% can make all the difference. I agree. We talk about the 80-20% rule all the time. That's if you're at weight maintenance. That to me is like everybody talks about moderation. First of all, I think we have a tough time with moderation just in the fact that our plate sizes, cups, glasses, I mean, everything's gotten bigger. So the portions we eat are naturally bigger, but we also just don't have a good idea of what moderation is. So when you're on a weight loss journey, it can't be 80-20. It's got to be higher because you've got to let your fat cells go to work for you. Hmm. All right. Talk to me about how you are disrupting this diet industry. I mean, that's what this beautiful book is about. That is what you've been doing with women for the last decade or so. What are some of the key things that you have really not only walked away from, but have began to implement with women that have made, like have been the needle movers? Yeah. In the book, I lay it out really clearly and kind of almost controversially in a way where it's like, you got to get real about how you lie to yourself. 
And you've got to get real about the, the reasons that you're actually using food or booze to numb from your life. What is it you don't want to feel? What is it you don't want to face? What is it you cannot handle? Because as long as that background operating belief system is at play, the food and booze will always give you that band-aid moment or temporary moment of relief. And so, I mean, to me, weight loss is really about healing past wounds. It's healing the things that you don't like in your life. And I actually think it can be one of the most transformational journeys a woman can take when done in the right way, when done with support, when done with guidance, not when you're just trying to like live on 500 calories a day and take some like crappy drops or a tea, you know, like not with the, the fake promises out there. Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, how we, you know, how sometimes lying to ourselves is, is there's a lot of false positives in that, right? There's a lot of false wins in that. Let's say we're just, someone has that come like that moment where they are like, whoa, I I can feel that this is happening with me. I think this is what's going on with me. I I know that I'm most likely self-soothing or I'm dealing with fatigue or I'm dealing with stress or I deserve a reward or I've got traumas that are rocking my world and eating that little cupcake or that, that couple scoops of ice cream or what's really getting me through the day. How do we even begin to one, where's that, where do we start with that self-awareness? And then two, what is the next step to beginning to unpeel those layers and recognize when we find ourselves stuck in some of those loops? I think that's such a great question. And I say it all the time. I mean, you nailed it. You cannot change what you're not aware of. Like, how can you, right? So there has to be a process for you that allows you to create that awareness. And so often, you know what that process was for me? And it may seem so simple, but sometimes the simple things are the most powerful. And it was journaling. And I don't mean where it like took an hour and I lit a candle and like made it this massive part of my day, but learning how to pour my heart onto paper. I'm still amazed at what will come out, even when I think I'm doing really well. And so when you start to ask yourself, you know, what's going well in my life and what am I not happy with? What am I tolerating? What might I, you know, still have some unresolved feelings around? Even those quick little journal prompts start to like peel back the layers. And you cannot, I mean, once you face something or once you write something down, you can't unsee it. You can't unknow it. And I find for women, when we keep it in our heads, then it sort of stays imaginary. It's like, I sort of say, like, we just run the crazy in our minds over and over again without ever really doing anything about it. It's like being on a hamster wheel. So, you know, that was one of the simplest things I think women can start to do. And then the other is... I don't know, Marisa, like going back to the basics, like just going back to the basics of self-care, self-love, self-compassion. And, you know, like, do we drink water? Are you going to sleep at night? Or are you staying up thinking that that you time that you get between eight and 11 is actually helping you in some way? Are you connected to your partner in a way that feels good? You know, how well do we manage stress in our life or are we constantly ruminating and fretting and worrying and, you know, living with that chronic stress as a part of our day to day? Like a lot of times weight loss can be made really simple when we just peel it back a bit and start to, you know, look at and take care of the basics. Mm, that makes so much sense. I love the journal. I love that awareness and recognizing when we find ourselves, you know, falling into those loops. 
Now, when it comes to, I just want to pivot a little bit because I know that there are so many different types of myths that we're holding on to. Can you help us to, it's the one thing we get that self-awareness, we start doing the work, but what are some myths that we can begin to dispel as well? Maybe things that we're holding on to that we have a hard time letting go of. Well, there's a couple of just common myths that I see out there all the time, which is like, I've got a bad metabolism or I've broken my body from dieting so many times, or I've yo-yo dieted, you know, I've got a low metabolism. And, you know, one of the things I say in the book is I worked at a metabolic clinic for years, like literally measuring metabolisms of every shape and size, gender, age. And a lot of times we haven't broken our metabolism. You are just petite. Like I find for women five, four and under, a tiny being does not need a ton of food. And so we have to really start to depersonalize our weight from our unique physiology and come into a place of acceptance around, you know, being little, right? A five foot two or a five foot zero woman doesn't need to eat as much as a six foot four man. And, you know, often we're living with men and they eat a lot and we dish up the same amounts and they, they're like, you have it, sweetie, take the rest of the wine, have the majority of the dessert. And then we do. And I hear, I don't know what it is. My husband loses weight and I gain it. And it's like, well, yeah, you're eating his share. <laughs> I, I, there was once upon a time, so I'm five foot two in case anyone's ever wondering, although most people see me in high heels. So sometimes I'm like, I'm usually five foot three, five foot five. Is what At least, like. yeah. You rock the heels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I was dating a partner before my husband and, uh, same thing like this, that he always ate all the time. And I watched my weight slowly increase, increase, increase. Cause I, we were, we were just going out all the time. We were eating all the time. And I, it was, I was so unaware until like 20 pounds later, I was like, Oh my gosh, what is happening right now? Like, and I realized that I was trying to keep up with this person who was much bigger than me was, I mean, we were pretty much as active, but his metabolism was faster. I had to do a major reset and recognize and have a sit down with that person and say, you know what? I, I can't continue to operate. This isn't working for me and my body. I've done the same thing. Like I was with someone who was like a human lung. I was super active too, but he was taller. He had more muscle. They get to eat more. It's like a kitty cat and a lion, right? Like a cat, if it ate as much as a lion, what would happen to the cat? It would get fat. But it, there's nothing wrong with the cat. It's got a perfect little metabolism. So that's one of the biggest myths that I see out there. And the other one is, and this is a double-edged sword. It's for women, it's exercise. That There's a, still a belief out there that the harder, the longer um, you go, that women are chasing exercise. And so for women who are injured, don't like exercise, it's like, well, I never, I'll never lose weight because I can't exercise. And then for women who don't take care of the nutrition piece and who are exercising like crazy, they're also eating more subconsciously or not because they're exercising so much. And so they can get lost in exercise purgatory. We know unequivocally exercise is amazing for a gazillion reasons, but it is not the best weight loss tool out there. We want to have it in our life for stress relief and for weight maintenance and for healthy blood profiles and for all of the other benefits. But I find that gives a lot of women hope because if they are injured or if they've just come through an illness or I was just sick for three weeks and my daughter and I did a workout in the basement this morning and I was gasping for air, you know, and it felt hard. And a lot of times when we're already feeling like weight loss is hard, we don't want to do more hard things. So that's another big one. 
Absolutely. Well, I think too, also a lot of women are over-exercising. They are burning out their mitochondria, their energy reserves. They're increasing their stress response system, which has us eating more because of cravings. I know for me, you know, I always had that mindset of, I got to work out harder. I've got to work out longer. And then I would be completely wiped for the rest of the day because I was just shot. And I might believe me, my weight didn't matter how hard I worked out. My weight didn't go anywhere. And it was because my body was just at a, oh, heck no state and would not budge. Yeah. The last one that I want to bring to light, because again, you know, so much of my work is around resetting belief systems, but also healthy expectations of the body. And most current, you know, any tabloid or, you know, there's so much info out there about fast weight loss. And so women crave it. Like if you've been at that point where your pants are tight or everything you put on looks awful, or, you know, you don't want to be intimate with your partner because you feel gross or any of that, you just want the weight gone. And like so many of my clients are like, Oh, I don't care if it's healthy or not. Just get rid of it. I care about healthy weight loss. I care about permanent weight loss um, and doing it the right way. And so I think for so many women, you got to remember slow weight loss, like when you do it slowly with consistency and you keep your habits up and make it a part of your lifestyle, that's when it's not punishing. That's when you're not living in deprivation and really rephrasing the language like between can't have and I choose not to right now. I choose not to right now because I'm choosing me. Or if I really want that, I can have it tomorrow. I'm not going to have it today. And just like the perspective matters so much when you go on a journey like this. I 100% agree with that. That perspective is everything. And just thinking on a positive note, opposed to, oh, I can't have that, or I'm not supposed to have that, or it's going to ruin me versus, you know, how do I want my body to feel later on today or feel tomorrow? And that's what I always, how I check in. And that's what makes my decision so simple is I know that eating certain foods, I'm just not going to feel good the next day. I'm not going to have the energy that I want the next day. I'm not going to be my best self. And I always want to choose my best self. And I know what foods do that for me and then what foods don't. And that's always kind of my North star is what would serve my body right now versus what wouldn't. Yeah. I think women do that often with alcohol fairly well, right? Like a lot of times we're like, Oh, I'll have one glass. But if I don't want, you know, we don't want to feel crappy next day. If you're parenting, flying, traveling, just even wanting to be your best, right? Alcohol impairs that. And I think it is developing that same perspective with food. But I also think it's around like, so diets are so restrictive, right? There's so many hard rules about what you have to eliminate, take out, can't have, when you get to eat, when you don't get to eat, what you get to do, what you can't have. And it gives you this crazy structure, which works, but it's not a sustainable lifestyle. And so I, I say a lot to women, I, I eat and drink whatever I want, whenever I want, but it's because I know what I'm choosing. You know, I feel so empowered that way that I don't feel like I live with a heavy set of rules because there's how much and how often, right? Like how much do I want something and how often am I going to have it? So if it is a more of an indulgent food, um, I'm going to say yes to it, but I'm not going to say yes to it every single day in huge quantities. That's what I did with, you know, with red wine and chocolate. It did not work well for me and it's not where I want to let my body go again. I love that. And I know that there's a lot of women listening here who have restrictions, women with autoimmune conditions, women with issues that they're, that they're addressing. I know for me with, um, with a Hajimoto's 
autoimmune condition, I'm always so mindful about making the choices that are right for my body. And then some of those, there's some things like alcohol just never makes a list anymore because it really does impair my, my immune system's ability to function. Do you find yourself working with women as well who've got those types of restrictions? Oh, yeah. Compared to 10 years ago or eight years ago, absolutely that has increased substantially. I think testing's increased. I think our knowledge and awareness has increased. And so I meet any woman where she's at, right? Whatever your condition is, what, when you're choosing, my husband was a perfect example. Like it's only recently after two years of saying, I don't think gluten's good for you. I, I hear your stomach, you know, and he was in such denial around it that he now is so empowered around. He's like, he never says I can't have something. He's like, no, thanks. I'm not going to eat that. I don't feel good when I eat that. So you just have to, I think whenever your conditions are, I don't know about you, but I like my health has never been more top of mind than it is right now. Um, and looking at the ways I can support my immune system, that I can support my myself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. And a lot of this is sometimes we just have to come back to the basics and little behavior shifts over time so that those things become our habits. Hmm. That is powerful. The little shifts that over time become our habits. When you're working with women, when we're making these little shifts, what is the average amount of time do you find, Jennifer, that women are able to take those little shifts and really create them into sustainable changes? Yeah. So there's like the honest answer and there's like, it's a two-part question, right? right? You're going to go with two answers on that or a two-part answer. We can see changes physiologically, physically within two to three months of sustained little mini habit changes. But what I find is the outer change can happen and then we still have to do the inner work, right, to support the long-term vision and goals. So we work with our clients, you know, anywhere from three months to a year. And it's not just all about health. It are those, it's those other things too. And I say in my book, you know, for women to be truly healthy, we've got to be emotionally, physically, emotionally, mentally, and sexually nourished. If any one of those elements or pillars are off, then there's going to be a gap or a void that exists in your life. And it's easy to fill those gaps with food. It's always there. Um, it doesn't talk back. It's a very independent relationship. You can take it when you want it, leave it when you, you know, like, so these are the things that we have to pay attention to. And I work with a lot of women in their forties and, and beyond. Let me tell you, emotional and physical intimacy, if we're not addressing that as practitioners, if we're not talking about that as women, we're missing a big part of our health right now. And I'm fascinated by it. You know, I feel like we talked a lot about sex and stuff in our 20s, maybe if you're trying to get pregnant, maybe after you've had babies, and then the conversation just trickles off. And so it's interesting how there's a deep connection to that as well. Absolutely. And I love how you said is that food is always, it's always there. It can always be the thing that you turn to if you haven't changed your relationship to it. Absolutely. And that, that there are so many triggers that lead us in that direction and looking at the triggers. I always, I always think that those are the root causes. It's not like the body, you know, your liver, I would say that your liver never wanted the cupcake. Your liver's like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with that. I got to break that down. You know, the gut's like, I got to do something with it too, liver. I, you know, so it's, it's more of those emotional triggers, those, you know, that we, we fall we fall into. And I said, and I think that we absolutely have to address the intimacy, the relationships, how we're managing stress, what we're loving in our life, what's fueling us up emotionally and addressing those so that we don't necessarily, like you talked about that our addiction to dieting or our addiction to foods because they self soothe us. 
for all kinds of reasons. I had a client say, and she'd been a dieter for 30 years. She was in her mid fifties. And what she said was, it was profound. And she said it in such a succinct way. I hope I get it right. But she said to me, basically, Jen, I've just realized what an effective distraction technique worrying about my weight and trying to diet for my whole life has been from me paying attention to what's really going on in my life that requires my attention. And she never gave it because she was so about, I'll take care of this when I've lost the 20 pounds. I'll do that when I've taken care of the 20 pounds. And we're talking like, you know, getting out of a marriage, changing her career, reconnecting with children. It was all just pushed under this thing about the weight. And so when she took care of her weight, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, I've got this, these pieces in my life I want to attend to now and I'm ready and I'm willing. And I, that's why I think it's such a transformational experience. And I think we need to get urgent about our health. You know, I'm mid forties and I work with, I have a client in her seventies and how many decades do we want to waste our emotional energy, um, time, money, access to fully experiencing our life because we're not able to get a handle on our healthy behaviors. It's, it's important. Mm, I agree 100%. All right. Well, I know that Everyone's going to be so excited to grab this book. What are the three key takeaways? Like, what are we, what are we going to get? I know we got a great sense of it, but I'd love for you to kind of just be succinct and tell me what are those big takeaways that we're going to gain from this beautiful book of yours? Uh, okay. I thought about this question. So my number one aim in writing this book and the takeaways I've heard is it reignites your hope. Like no matter how many times you've dieted before or whether or not you've been successful or if you haven't been especially, the book will bring back hope into your life. And so I think hope is something that we have to create. If you don't believe you're going to be able to do it, then you don't even bother. And it has so many practical strategies throughout each chapter to build and sequentially give you that confidence again. The second, you're not broken. You're not broken. In fact, you are so incredibly amazing, magnificent, beautiful, and powerful. You'll remember that by the time you're done reading the book. And the third takeaway is your body is your forever vehicle. It is the vessel we experience and access all life through. And there's going to be so many little pivot moments in that book where you feel empowered to take action that you'll want to make your forever vehicle sort of like the best ride you can give yourself, you know, um, with tools along the way to, to create that for you. Mm. Love it so much. Now, where can we get the book? Okay. So I want to gift your audience with a free copy of the book. I want to get it into as many hands as possible. I know it's available on Amazon, but you can get a free copy at dietdisruptionbook.com. So if, uh, please feel free to go grab it. There's like a meal plan. There's some cool stuff that we wanted to give along to also give the strategies and the tools. It's not just mindset. There is behavior stuff in there. So hopefully people can enjoy that and take a copy. Yay. I love it. Well, we will have the link to the free copy and to the website. So you can go and grab it literally right now. It'll be in the show notes. And thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for girl disrupting this diet system that is not working for us and really offering true root cause solutions to nourishing our body, loving our body, and really honoring the body that we all deserve to have, that queen, that inner power that you are just so beautifully articulating today. 
Oh, thank you for having me. It takes a village, right? It's women practitioners like you. It's the communities we get to be a part of and to um, contribute to. So thank you so much for having me on your show and to all of your listeners. Thank you so much for being here, honey. Have a wonderful day. Probably the biggest takeaway that I got from Jennifer's interview today was the ease and grace in which we can integrate our eating habits. Food doesn't always have to be complicated. For me, just a real quick rundown about what I do every single day. I focus on intermittent fasting with a focus on a ton of greens and veggies. I love making green smoothies and I also focus on healthy fats, fiber, clearly the fibers coming from my veggies and lean proteins. With that said, I just want to let you know that I do have an autoimmune condition that is in remission right now, and I always plan to keep it that way. So when I say veggies, healthy fats, and lean protein, that's pretty much what I eat. It's all I eat. I focus entirely on real food because I will notice immediately when I eat something that flares up any inflammation in my body. That means no packaged foods, corn, grains, sugar, gluten, peanuts, even eggs. These all create inflammation inside of my body. I basically live by my 14-day detox principles. Now, I know that that may sound overly strict or extreme, but for me, it's a non-negotiable. I know how I want to feel every single day and eating real foods that do not cause inflammation in my body is a big win. Luckily, I never feel deprived and my body is always thanking me for the healthy decisions that I make. And that's pretty much how I come from. I don't come from a place of like, oh, I shouldn't eat that or oh, that's bad for me. I really just have to ask and assess what is right for my body right now and keeping my diet as clean as possible, focusing on really clean real foods is the way to go for myself. Now, if you are interested in diving a little bit deeper, if you're concerned about an autoimmune condition that you have, or you're concerned about an overly you know, significant amount of inflammation, I do have a little detox cheat sheet that I love. Some of my favorite green smoothies are in this cheat sheet. I also have some fun detox water infusions as well. And they're gonna be in the show notes for this episode 181. Now, I also want to invite you to grab the free copy of Diet Disruption. This book that Jennifer wrote is phenomenal, and I love that she has laid out the plan. She's got recipes. It's easy to follow. Pretty much everything that you need is in there. So if you are loving her message, I want you to go and download her free book today. The link to the book will also be in the show notes for episode 181 or on my website, drmarisa.com slash podcast. And I want you to know that I am always grateful for you stopping by and listening to the Essentially You podcast. I have a very, very special guest coming up next week. It's going to be Jack Canfield. And Jack Canfield was one of my biggest inspirations back in the day when I was learning how to step up into my business. I loved his book, Success Principles. And he's got a new book coming out. We're going to be talking about how we can create success at any level in our life. I think you're going to love this episode as much as I loved recording it. Goodness knows I am such a fan of his work and his inspiration. And I'm really excited to be able to pass that on to you. What we're going to be talking about specifically is how to overcome fear to finally create success in your health, career, and relationships. And I don't know about you, but I would love success in all areas of my life in that way. So I hope that you join us for the next episode. Until then, I know that we're still in quarantine. I know that we're still struggling this out. And I just want you to know that I'm here with you the entire way. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.